Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks. Welcome to another very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Uh, I'm excited about my guest today. She's someone I've always wanted to meet for many, many years now. I was just telling her that I read her, her book, Practical Intuition. Wow. I don't know if it was 10, 12, I mean, many years ago. And uh, I've so enjoyed it. It was amazing. She's been a legend in my eyes. She's a New York Times bestselling author, spent nearly four decades helping individuals, uh, corporations develop their own innate intuitive abilities to be more successful, overcome obstacles, and create profound change. What I love is that she's been demystifying this whole topic that can sometimes seem very mysterious, of intuition and bringing it to the mainstream. And I know she's going to help us a lot today. So welcome to Soul Talk, Laura Day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So great to have you. Um, look, there's so much I want to dive into about intuition and just, just creating uh, a, a fulfilling life. And uh, But I'd love to just, I'm always curious about how people got started in terms of the, the origins, in terms of like what led to you doing what you're doing now? Were you an intuitive child? Was there an event? Was there something that happened? Was it a gift that got activated at a particular moment? I'm just so curious because, you know, being a clairvoyant and intuitive uh, a reader in a certain sense is not a traditional like path that you take in school and high school. Like, yeah, I want to do this intuitive thing. So I'd love to just hear about how it, how it, how it occurred, how it happened. Well, I, actually, I was a math and science nerd. I went to a school called Stuyvesant for high school in New York, which are all kind of math and science nerds. Intuition is something that we all have. But I, um, you know, I love the talk now about neurodiversity because uh, the intuitive child is the neurodiverse child. It's the child who doesn't do well on standardized tests and mm-hmm. can't memorize that it's I before E. And, um, and I was from a very neurodiverse family and very neurodiverse myself. I had a lot of uh, executive function challenges and they didn't really help me a lot uh, growing up, although the intuition really helped me survive a very dysfunctional environment and, and, and it honed my intuitive ability to have to survive with support as a child. Um, but then, and I love synchronicity, you know, if we, if our eyes are even a little bit open, we will bump into the opportunity to thrive. And I saw uh, in my, I probably was about 20 years old, on uh, TV on one of the science channels, uh, a television show about studies on extended perceptions, on extrasensory perception. Mm. And I thought, well, wait a sec, doesn't everybody do this? I mean, I had no idea that the things my mind did uh, were different or certainly had no idea they were functional in any way. And so I, um, I called them up and I went in and I became a test subject for uh, different uh, organizations, different, uh, mostly universities, but that wanted to study these extended perceptions. Um, and so I, I, I did a lot of this. Um, basically, they would come up with uh, games with tests and I would run the maze. And I did a lot of this on the condition of anonymity, because as you very aptly brought up, this is not, no one, well, I don't know about now, but certainly back in the seventies, no one said, gee, I hope I grow up to be a psychic, to be a weirdo. Um, 
So I did it on the condition of uh, anonymity. I'm from a family of doctors on both sides. Wow. And it was definitely not something that they, I thought they would be very happy to have public. Um, but of course, man plans, God laughs, mm. and one was televised, and I had this instant following. And because I also come from a family of you know, people who are very challenged neurologically and challenged in other ways, um, I really didn't lean toward this, what one would call the spiritual side of extrasensory perception. I really wanted to know how is this provable? Mm. How is this practical? Hmm. And how does this help me become a successful, normal person right. and not, I had no desire to be Guru Maharaji Day. I, mean, <laughs> really, I just, I, I really, so I wanted to be grounded in, in the world. And again, I was in my early twenties. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to find a, a, a path that was, was suitable and so I really worked a lot with medicine. I worked a lot with business. I worked a lot with politics, which I soon stopped because it was terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, but I worked with things where it where the result was either correct or incorrect, mm -hmm. not where it was subjective. Because a lot of times when you work with people, it's yeah. subjective. Yes. They feel better. That's subject subjective. Yeah. Whereas in business, in science, in mathematics, it's not subjective. It is more, it's less subjective. It's a much more, you're either right or you're wrong. And that's really where my career uh, has taken me. I mean, I love training people. And as I've gotten older, um, I really have devoted myself to training other people to be more intuitive, both to be intuitive for business, for medicine, for research, but also to be intuitive in their own in their own lives, um, and and to apply it to making what's so hard because life is awfully complicated. Mm. What's so hard a lot easier, so you can get the pleasure and the connection out of it. Was that like when did you know? Okay, I, I, I'm 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 gonna be a psychic. I, like this is going to be my career. Like, I'm going to make a living out of this. Did you just start doing readings never, for people, for friends? For No, um, you know, uh, people would reach out. They would have seen, you know, this fluke, this experiment or word of mouth. And uh, people started wanting my time. And so at a certain point, I, I charged for it, but really... More it was I uh, to 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 routinely charge for my time. I didn't really do until I had had a need of of funds when I gave birth mm. to my son, and mm. then then I really standardized it. But a lot of a lot of the beginning of my career was you know a, an engineering firm saying, "Well, can you use intuition to help us figure out what's wrong with this machine?" And my saying, "Well, I don't know, but sure happy to try." And so in a sense, wow. my clientele trained me to their needs. Wow. And uh, and then at the point where I actually needed to make a lot of money quickly, it was already ready. And, mm. and I remember the mm. first time I realized that I could be paid a lot of money for this was I um, had this little chat every morning when my son was born with the husband of a friend. And this was before the euro um, where there were many currencies. And I would predict he'd ask me questions about the currency market. He was a wow. currency trader. And I would do it while I was having my coffee and nursing my son. And then I, I realized I had an expensive divorce ahead of me. And I said to him, you know, I, I'm going to have to find a job. So I don't think I should do this in the morning anymore. And mm -hmm. he said, oh, I'll pay you whatever you want. And that was my first. I had health insurance, life insurance, uh, a salary for a few minutes every morning. And that was when I really realized, oh, wait a second. Mm -hmm. This is a valuable skill that people are really happy to pay for because it was always a little hard for me. Yeah. The idea of taking money from individuals, mm -hmm. unless I knew that I could make them money. It just, it felt like I didn't want to be an untrained therapist. I didn't yeah. want to be an counselor. Um, whereas with business, you know, I'm one word in many. And if I'm wrong, they'll fire me. 
Mm. Um, so there was that assurance that I really wasn't doing anything uh, harmful. Yeah. yeah. Um, which remains important to me. I mean, I do read what I call civilians um, in workshops. So I'm always reading my students, um, and and they they read me as well. But I'm always reading my students. But I don't do private sessions for individuals, right. and rarely right. have. Um, Except if it's a, you know, in the old days, if someone had a limited thing, like they were doing a movie and needed mm. me and, it out and they needed me to coach them through it. Or uh, if they were going through a divorce and they needed to predict certain things to be able to wow. do it better. Um, in the old days, sometimes I do that. But really, I've worked for the same companies for a few, for many decades. Um, can I ask in terms of like, it's fascinating because like, that the practical nature of how you read is what I'm getting. And, and so like when you're reading, are you, it's not just, well, I see you evolving, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're really zoning in on that stuff, that big stuff. I really hate. <laughs> yeah. How do you know? I yes. Mean, how, I see you, you traveling. Like I see much changes in your life. So, so are you like, you're seeing like a black car, are you seeing specific things about a person's life? And how much of that is, what's the word? Like, if you see something about somebody, how much of that is like, that's it. That, that's, that's, that's what's going to happen versus how much changeability is there in that? Um, well, that, that's a lot of questions. First of all, I, I again, except for my students who just, mm -hmm in the course of demonstrating for them and facilitating their success, I do read them. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I hope I'm pretty accurate uh, and pretty specific because the only way to know that someone is right is if yeah. they are specific. Mm. However, it's my um, experience in after 40 years of professional practice that really the way to read a person or a company or even a disease process or a research project is to say, this is what I see happening. And ha, huh, let me hunt around here. Gee, there are a couple points where you can change that. Let's talk about what those points are. Mm -hmm. And that's not true of everything, but um, you know, the future is not set in stone. Um, you can read, I, I read accurately for business because usually one company can't affect an entire market. That's not always true. Um, but there are, there are less variables really with a company, the variable is what they do. Whereas with a person, the variable is, often more what they encounter. Uh, you know, this is what you will encounter. No, you won't get this job. However, if you do X a month from now, they will refer you for another job. I see a letter Z. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, people expect intuition to be like an oracle and it's not. It's mm -hmm. little bits and pieces of hopefully accurate shrapnel that the client uses yeah. to create yeah. a better product, a better path, um, mm -hmm. uh, a better treatment plan, whatever it is. And um, most of my work at this point is responding to questions, not with my students. With my students, I, I get a sense of what their life is. Uh, I get a sense of what they want. And I really endeavor to uh, find them the opportunities in in the world, but also uh, the shifts they need to make inside of themselves uh, to to meet different challenges that come ahead. I mean, my everyone has their specialty. My specialty is precognition, is sensing the future. Oh wow! Um, some people are, are specialized uh, in different things. You know, I'll, I'll have a student who's an amazing medium, who's amazing at being something else. Mm. I'll have a student, good remote viewer. You know, a lot of my real estate students, they don't realize it when they come in, but they're actually really good remote viewers. They, before right, they even right. see a property, they know what's wrong with it. Right. They know what to highlight in a neighborhood they know nothing about. You know, they're excellent remote viewers. They just weren't aware that they were doing that. And when they become consciously aware, wow. and this is why I train 
intuition, when you become consciously aware of the fact that this is really something you're doing all the time and often not to your benefit, mm-hmm. um, you learn how to use it. You learn yes. how to say, oh, okay, this is the list of skills. These are many ways I can use it. And then a situation occurs in your life and you say, oh, gee, need a little precognition, need a little remote viewing. Ha, huh, this could use a touch of shifting my telepathy because I have very aggressive telepathy with this, this mm-hmm. situation. and It's not setting up the stage for success. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we don't throw out experience. We don't throw out intellect. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, if you, you know, go into a meeting all guns blazing, that often what you'll get is all guns blazing back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. So we we then use intellect, use experience to ask intuition, okay, what will get a yes here? Mm. You know, what will what will allow me to achieve a certain goal? And one of my favorite, uh, every once in a while, I say something smart, and then it becomes my favorite thing for a few months. And my most <laughs> recent thing is there is no thinking outside the box, because we're the box. Uh. So intuition allows you to set up a different experience where that that little bit of light, inspiration, information Mm. can come in to shift how you are constructed, how you experience the world. Mm. If, If someone is listening and they're going, well, I'm not, I don't feel intuitive. I don't feel I have any, like you seem to have a gift. I don't feel I have a gift. So could you share a bit about maybe how you access your intuition? Is there a way you access it and and how people can begin to cultivate that intuitive? First of all, sometimes I don't feel intuitive either. It doesn't mean I'm not. Ah. Intuition is not feeling. Intuition is an ability we have. It's a sense that we have. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't, you know, my my students will often say, well, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling this. I'm not feeling like it's right. I'm not feeling, I'm like, it's not a feeling. It, so the first thing you're getting intuition all the time. The first thing you need is you need to know what are you getting intuition about? I mean, we get so much information and it really isn't useful because we don't have a structure for it. We don't have a filing system. So one of the first things you can do to recognize that you are intuitive all of the time is look at your goals, but also look at your obsessions because intuition Mm. can as easily find you the most, the next disastrous relationship as it can the next good one. So you want to notice in your life, whatever you're creating, that's where intuition is working. Whatever you're creating over and over again, if that's success, then your intuition is probably working pretty well for you. If that's success in a relationship, but not so successful financially, then your intuition is working for you in relationship, but it's not working for you in terms of your, your getting rewarded in the world. So it's, it, there's, I wrote a book called The Circle, and one of the, one of the exercises is called Coherence. And, you know, if your pie had six slices, yeah. what are the slices of your pie? Healthy body? You know, um, deep joy, great relationships, a really satisfying job, a mm. sense of purpose. You know, what are your what what are the slices of your pie? And then notice what is it that is actually coming in with your pie over and over again in relationships? Because we tend to do things over and over again. Again, we are the box the same mm. way. It's coming in over and over again. Job starts well and then goes poorly over and over. It's always an over and over again. And so you may be in the high point of the going well, but you know, if you don't do something differently, it's going to go poorly again, or you find someone you trust, but then they betray you. You know, that's a, a uh-huh. one that I, that I hear a lot from people. Sometimes it takes a month. Sometimes it takes a few years. But then where are you in that dynamic? That's where your intuition is working. Mm. So what the circle asks you to do is to pick a single goal, one goal, 
whatever it is right now that's most important to you. And it shouldn't be that's most important to you in your head, but that's really driving you. What is really driving you? So, you know, maybe in your head, you know, wow, I should be working on finances. But what's really driving you is you want to be in love. Uh, That should be your goal. Because most of our life is run by our subconscious before our conscious mind is even aware of what we're doing. mm -hmm. And there's a lot of, you know, scientific factoids, a lot of research about that. So if you're doing something and you don't really want to be doing it, then it's very hard to do it well. And then you have some options, you know, you can really find the meaning in what you're doing and then your subconscious will get on board for example Mm -hmm. so the first step is have have a clear goal now it doesn't mean you know if your goal is family it doesn't mean you don't care about your health you don't care about your career you don't care about your joy what it means is that all of those things need to be in the context Mm. of, of family Mm. Um, and for some people it's, you know, depending on the phase of life, it's, you know, I've had people where their goal was to get a new car. Well, I'll tell you something, our goals and people say, oh, that's such a silly goal. You know, why isn't it world peace? Hello. Getting a new car was about being mobile. It Uh was about really being able to reach others. It was, I mean, Mm. our, our life is full of symbols and we're so quick to judge them both in ourselves and others. So have a goal. What you'll notice when you have a goal and you stick to it is all of the sudden information comes in, not just within, but you keep see, you notice that you keep that there's a sign, literally a sign on the street you're walking on over and over again that you'd never noticed before. Mm. Uh, you'll notice Uh, that you keep thinking about a person. And then when you pick up the phone, they say, oh, you know what? I know just the person to solve this this problem for you. Mm -hmm. Um, It's responding to those out of the blue, somewhat tangential experiences that come to us. And one of the, so, so the starting point is having a goal. And then documenting, because the mind is a messy place. You know, I when my students say, oh, I knew that, I said, oh, okay, show me where it was documented on, on which past date. Mm. If they can't, I don't trust their memory and neither should they. So document when once you have a goal, begin to document, oh, this happened five times today. Like usually it happens once a week or this person butt dialed me, mm-hmm. you know, Eight times and you never haven't heard from them in three years. Like notice what comes out of left field, including your ideas, including, you know, different parts of the country you're interested in. You notice everything that comes from and document it because what you'll find is over a very short period of time, what you thought were just these little, you know, Mm. blips actually fit together Mm. and begin to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, my, one of my, uh, fa- remind me to give your group a, a sleep exercise, but yes. one of my favorite things to do, um, in a workshop is to assign a name. So I, I pair people up, but I don't tell them who they're paired up with. Hmm. And then I ask a series ah. of questions of the group about the person whose name they don't even know. I have a piece of paper where I've just paired them up. It is shocking how accurate they are. Wow. And the experience, because none of my books, I've written six books on intuition. I just finished a seventh. And you can talk till you're blue in the face about this is what intuition is. This is how it works, blah, blah, blah. When someone actually experiences it, they've they've gone to the part of themselves where that information comes through clearly. And if you do that often enough, it allows you to access it more at will. Mm. I mean, we forget that we train our emotions and our intellect over decades from the moment we're born. Mm -hmm. We don't train intuition and more is the pity. Mm. You know, we don't train intuition. So when you actually begin to train intuition, you really realize that you have the information that you need to be successful. And then of course you have the hard job of implementing it. How do we know? Uh, I guess there was two questions, but let me go with this one. How do we know 
what our real intuition is. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes we feel like, oh, this is my intuition, but it was my, my, my fear that was pulling me in a direction that was clouding in my intuition and my ego was kind of playing games with me. So can we discern? Is there a way to discern? Oh. Uh, the only way to discern, first of all, when you're doing a reading for someone else, and in my workshops, I really, I give people reading buddies, a group of reading buddies, not just one, because you get to know each other too easily. Um, but when you're when you're employing your intuition for someone else, because you don't know their information, you really don't even know their questions, you don't know their life experiences, it tends to be very purely intuitive. Mm-hmm. But when it's you, what's really important to ask yourself about your own intuition is, is this a recurrent fear? Is this a recurrent uh-huh. neurosis? Um and what am I, and if it is, what am I doing to create it? Because then my, you know, my my patterns, my subconscious is also using intuition to, you know, find the things to, to be upset about. Um, you know, most fears you can do something about. I mean, I love people who are afraid of getting cancer and yet they smoke two packs a day. You can do something <laughs> about that. Right. You know? um, so, you know, when you have a fear, Look, first of all, is there a reason to have it? And if so, take care of the reason. Handle it. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, if there if there's nothing you can do, into it's probably not intuition, because intuition is repressed by your subconscious unless it's useful. Mm-hmm. And you say so, that intuition is suppressed by your subconscious unless it's useful. Right. Unless it's useful. So, you know, if you're going to die in a millisecond, your intuition isn't going to let you know that. There's nothing you can do about it. Intuition's a survival skill. Why would it bother? No, because it's really important that we keep a certain emotional stability. Intuition is not going to tell you that one day this awful thing is going to happen. Intuition is going to tell you something that you can do something about. Otherwise, your your ego, your subconscious will repress it appropriately, because, of course, you know, we want to be functional human beings, not just informed. So if you have a recurrent fear, it probably is not intuition, although, of course, we engage intuition as easily to create our fears as we do to create our goals, which is why Mm. it's so important to manage and train it. Mm. Um, If if. If it's something about that is immediate, then the next question should be, what can I do about it? And sometimes an intuition will guide you to that. It won't say always, you know, move two squares to your left and one to your uh, one in front. But it will all of a sudden, you know, over the days or hours, make you notice things. uh, uh, my example of this, and of course, uh, my uh, let me give you an example, and then I want to tell you why we're least intuitive for ourselves. Yeah. Uh, many years ago, again, this was the 70s, um, back when we had paper airplane tickets, there was no such thing as online. Um, and I went back and forth between Rome, uh, where I am now, and New York all the time. And I was you know, a young person and didn't have a whole lot of money. So I would wait and buy the cheapest tickets, which you always had to buy, you know, weeks at least, or maybe even months in advance. Mm. And one day before I was supposed to leave the next day, I um, thought, I'm not, I'm not comfortable. I'm not going to go. Just out of the blue. Couldn't really afford to cancel the ticket, but it didn't feel right to me. Mm. And so I didn't go. And I had to, um, I, I forget now if I lost the money completely or if I had to pay an extra fee, but it's something I would never have done. Well, when I would have landed in Rome airport, there was a terrorist attack on the airport and people were shot. Wow. Um, and I, you know, now I didn't think, oh my God, there's a terrorist attack. I'm afraid. No, I just thought, you know what? I'm not going to go. And I forget what excuse my subconscious gave me. But, um, you know, because the intuition uses the conscious and the subconscious mind to make you move properly. Mm. But I just thought that's the only time I've ever done that in my life. Mm. And, um, you know, we are not intuitive for ourselves because we know what we want and we know what we're afraid of. And so in a sense, Mm. again, we are the box. It's very hard to read for yourself. Uh, This system called the circle is the best way to read for yourself, which is 
set a goal, notice the new routines that you're drawn to as you follow that goal, mm. notice what happens in your environment, who comes in, who the synchronistic things that, you know, the coincidences that happen, respond to them, notice what begins to irritate you and put some air between you and it or get rid of it. Um, often relationships begin to irritate you, often your own mm -hmm. behaviors. So there are nine things, there are nine elements really for intuitively taking a goal into um, uh, using intuition to take a goal into something that actually exists in your life. Mm -hmm. And it's, it is, you know, it's not, it's not magic. I mean, intuition mm -hmm. gives you information, mm -hmm. but we have a lot of information. You want to, uh, be able to use it. And that really is the true gift of intuition is yeah. intuition doesn't tell you what a hundred thousand people did that maybe you can do. It responds to you. This mm. is what your unique self can do in your unique set of circumstances in this unique point in time. Mm. Because of course things change, you know, what you can do now or what you can't do now, you may be able to do a week from now. Mm. So what what intuition allows you to do is have a sense of, you know, sorry, but this is going to be easy in a month. Mm. Maybe you want to let it go for now. I know you want to be in love, but this is just not, you know, something's going to happen next week that's going to take your attention. If you were in a relationship, you wouldn't be able to pursue it. And it gives you kind of a timeline. But again, you have to write it down because I always tell my students the only difference between psychic and psychotic, you know, batshit crazy, <laughs> information is right. And so it's really important not to get, I'm really tough with my students when they say, oh, I have a feeling of this. Oh, I have a feeling of that. No, 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 no. Not about feeling. If you haven't documented it, if you aren't proving your timeline, then mm -hmm. you probably need a sandwich or a better night's sleep, mm -hmm. you know, or better segments. But don't, don't, mm -hmm. do, don't magicalize, don't sensationalize. Intuition is a survival skill. It's not for that. That's yes. creativity and imagination. Yes. Yeah. How, how can someone like discern, you're maybe speaking a bit to this, but like what goal to pursue? Let's say someone's like, well, I don't know if I should sell, sell my house or, 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 but I really feel, I think I sell my house, but I don't want to sell my house. And, 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 and then genuinely, like, I, I don't know whether I should sell it or not. And, I could sell it, make some money, but I don't know. I could keep it. And, and like, what if someone is really like torn in their goal? First of all, it's really your, your goal. Those are two separate questions. Your goal should be the thing you wake up sad that you don't have. And the thing you go to bed hungry for the okay. thing you in other people, the thing that makes you feel less complete there. We all have really one driving whole one driving need at a time. There are lots of other things we need to address. You know, yes, it would be nice to be rich and in love and gorgeous and blah, 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 blah. Mm. But usually there's one thing that's the thing you always grab for and that, that evades your grasp. Mm. That is your goal. You really have to have the subconscious behind it, the thing that you really, really, really need, even mm. if it doesn't make sense. But what you're talking about, should I sell my house, not sell my house? I don't know what I want to do. Once again, you're there in the realm of feeling and intuition isn't feeling. So you break it down into questions that do make sense. If I sell my house now, will I be missing out on an upswing in the market within a time span that I want to sell my house in? Yeah. Uh, do I want this sudden desire to sell my house? Huh? Is it because, let me look at this. Let me make this smart. Is it because stores are closing in my neighborhood? Mm. And that maybe that doesn't look like perhaps the, the price will go down and this is a good time to sell. Mm. Am I selling because I just don't want to live here anymore? Then that's feeling. And feelings are important. I mean, if you don't want to live in New York anymore, you mm. want to live in, then, you know, it's not, really an intuitive question. It's a feeling question. Feeling questions are not so much intuitive questions. You can take a question about, I feel this way, and then use intuition 
to find the safest way to actualize what you want. Mm. But a feeling question is not, that's not a great intuitive question. It's okay, I feel this, or I'm not sure of this. Um, Let me first look, am I not sure because of real things I need to look at? The Mm. housing market. You know, um, my a job offer that I'm not expecting that's going to come up in nine months in another part of the country that I don't know about yet. Yeah, yeah. But my but, but my experience has told me that when I get this feeling, there's a reason and it's not a bad point in the market. So I may as well sell. I'd be just as happy in an apartment. You know, there's so many factors. We dumb down life because it's easier to manage. But there's yeah. so many factors that go into a decision. The intuitive ones are, oh, there's an itch. I'm feeling the need to scratch. Let me look at the outside reasons why I may need to address this now. I, you know, if I got a new job offer, I would leave. Huh? Am I am I sensing, am I intuiting that there's some new offers coming up? Is there a re and you know, once again, once you get an intuitive hit, often there's a logical reason. So let's say you're uh. You specialize in AI um, and you're, so you want to sell You All of a sudden you feel like you want to sell your house mm. and you're not in a place where there are a lot of AI jobs and they're, and you've read recently that they're doing it less remotely, that people are wanting back in the office. So you're living in Seattle, but you're mm. feeling like you want to sell your house, but it's not a feeling like you can't, there's no reason you want to sell your house. But then you're seeing in the news, oh, AI jobs, and you're noting that most of them are not in your area mm. and that the trend is in office. And then you think, oh, mm. okay, I have, a, I, I have an intuition that I'm going to be able to really make more money and, and make a mark in the world, but not from Seattle. Right, right. And there's no downside to selling my house. Mm. You know, one of my uh, most so, 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 famous. So, 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 what I'm hearing is, is, is it kind of? It's not just. Well, I love that you say intuition isn't just a feeling. It's not just this this emotion and this mood. It's, it's never. It's, a sense. It, it, it's it's you're really also ask using the intellect to ask the questions to also validate this. If it's not a feeling, what is it? Because it is a. It's a something. Data. Yeah, oh. it's data. You know, um, before 9-11, everyone in my household together, really just a couple weeks before, and we lived near the World Trade Center, we just, we thought, you know, good to have survival stuff in the house. We took money out of the bank. We got masks. We got bottled water, duct tape, air filters. I forget what else. And when 9-11 happened... We were actually calm. We were able to give people cash, which you had to, we live near a lot of schools. You had to pay people to take children home because the bridges were closed on their motorcycles. Mm. Um, we had water to give out. We had masks. We had all kinds, we had batteries. We had all kinds of things that we ended up needing. We could duct tape our windows before we left our house because we were evacuated. Um, so we were both prepared internally and we were prepared in terms of having what we needed without ever having seen something that we wouldn't have believed, which is these towers we had grown up with falling down. Um, it's not a feeling. We didn't get a feeling of, of trauma. We didn't get a feeling that there was going to be an attack. We got a sense that, oh, these are things we should have in the house. Mm-hmm. It made sense. And we did it. Now, sometimes intuition doesn't make sense. Um, I, one of the things that I was most, that was most publicized because I uh, did a radio show shortly before and let it slip that I had sold, which I never did again, because God forbid I had been wrong. But um, I woke up one morning and I called my broker and I said, I want to sell everything. I want to sell every stock I have. And she said, that's crazy. You know, it's the height of the market. The market's poised to go up. And I said, you know, I've made 30% already. If it goes up, I'm willing to take the loss. You know, I, I, I'm just not comfortable with it. I, it just doesn't feel right to me. But it wasn't a feeling like we think of as feeling, oh, boo-hoo. This doesn't. It was just 
something is there's a there's a wobble here, not mm-hmm. sensing good mm-hmm. stuff. And she did. And and shortly thereafter, the market, there was I think this was 2008. There was the big, you know, crisis yeah. where the market crashed. And because it was public, I got a lot of press around it. But again, it wasn't a feeling in the way we think of feelings. I didn't think, oh, my God, the market's going to crash. No, I was simply uncomfortable. And I made, you know, a logical decision, which is I've made a lot in this market. I can afford to lose if it Mm. keeps going up. You know, inflation's under control. I'm just not, you know. Um, So, you know, I think it's really in a sense, there's a lot of talk about mindfulness. Yeah. And in a sense, mindfulness is not meditation. We're, we've again, yep. magicalized it. Yep. Mindfulness is just being in you. Mm-hmm. And when you learn about intuition, you actually see how little you do inhabit yourself in this point in time space. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always hanging out in the past or hanging out in the future or hanging out in what someone, mm-hmm. where someone else is. We don't hang out enough in ourselves. When you are mindful, you're actually more intuitive because you are oriented. And when something is in the future, you notice it as the future because you are in the present. When there's something from your past that's affecting a current or future decision in a bad way, in a, in a dysfunctional way, you're aware of that. Because mm-hmm. you're in the present. Mm-hmm. So the present is really a very powerful place to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps you notice, oh, this is my everyday. And this is this is like a bird in my ear. This is a little something out of left field that maybe I need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, another really powerful thing you can do is engage work in your sleep. Mm, tell us about that. So... When you're awake, your intuition is often really responding to your environment in ways often that's not even useful, you know, uh, without asking my husband whether he wants tomato or doesn't want tomato on his sandwich, my intuition kind of checks in with him and says, oh, this is a no tomato day. He's had some, you know, I I can feel his stomach doesn't feel so good. Um, So you're using intuition in very boring, very normal ways all day. And by the way, every, again, I want to reiterate, everybody's doing this all the time. You know, you're having telepathic conversations all the time. You're in the future all the time. You're feeling what someone else is feeling all the time. It's happening all the time. Mm. Um, The more mindful you are, the less uh, sloppy, sloppily it happens, but it's happening all the time. Mm. However, in your sleep, most of us are fortunate enough to be safe. Yes. So we're safe. And not only is intellect at rest, and our senses at rest, but intuitions at rest. Mm. So I always uh, suggest not more than once a week because you actually um, we've we've all tested this as a group, hundreds and hundreds of people. You actually don't get good sleep when you do this, but you use your intuition well. Um, before you go to sleep, suspend for a moment the illusion that you're separate because one of the things intuition shows you is you are. You are hearing everybody. You are Mm. feeling everybody. You Mm. are at so many points in time. If you are lucky enough to be somewhat separate for a little bit of time, then you are probably a pretty healthy person. Mm. So you suspect the illusion of separateness, but you direct that unity. You direct the fact that we are all kind of working with each other, you know, for better or for worse. Mm. And you set a goal, a night goal for yourself and for everybody that, you're connected to. And that could be, okay, my goal for tonight is I want to resolve this argument positively that I'm having with X, Mm. or I want to find a a new job where I'm really happy. Mm. Um, You set a goal and you do that once a week for a month, say. And, And what you'll notice is a lot of things, but what you'll notice is when you wake up, don't remember your dreams. Dreams are a mixed bag. But when you wake up, notice how you feel, where mm. your attention is, um, what you're thinking of, who you're thinking of. Also notice out of the blue, mm. who calls you, what you bump into, what offers you get. Mm. 
because there's an interesting thing that happens with sleep work. And my students always beg to do it all the time, but I know it's really not good to do more than once <laughs> a week because you get terrible sleep. Uh-huh. But you're actually communicating with the world in your sleep when you set that goal, as well as allowing intuition and that sleep state to gather the information for you that you need to look in the right places and to make the right changes. You know, we all have these Apple watches and aura rings and things like that. So we know that the nights we do sleep work, we don't get slow wave sleep, which is necessary for tissue regeneration. And we don't get much dream sleep. Mm. We have light sleep which is not what we're supposed to be doing when we sleep, but it's a very powerful intuitive exercise. And what's a lot of fun. And we do this on Instagram a lot um, with my Instagram group. What's a lot of fun is to find five friends and say, you know what, let's all throw a project into the pot, not just writing it down before we go to sleep, but let's tell each other, I need you to fix this for me. Mm. And let's really, let's take these projects every, let's say every Friday night, because Saturday you can sleep in. Every Friday night, let's take these projects and I'll agree that in my sleep state, I'm going to work on them for you and you agree mm. you're going to work on them. It's pretty uncanny. And it's also very bonding because we realize really how, A, there are no strangers. We, mm. we all sense each other. But we really realize how interconnected we are. Um, and, you know, there, there's a saying, a mother's only as happy as her unhappiest child. Mm-hmm. I think that that's true of our world as well. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Wow. So much there. Um, final few questions. Um, before I ask the last one, I'm curious, you know, you read for so many companies and successful individuals and celebrities. And I'm just curious, as you've read these people that have achieved you know, extraordinary things in life. Is there anything that, as you read them, is there anything that you saw, any common denominators that you saw that they did? Was there something that linked them all together that was a reason for their success as you read some of these people that we can, like, we can learn from? Um. Yes. Uh, yes and no. Passion and desperation. So a spark, something that pushes you to do something. Mm. Um, And it can be passion, like, you know, young, young actors who just are in love or young musicians or young, young scientists. You know, I love STEM programs um, that are just, they, they are, they love, they, they have, they have purpose and pleasure in what they're doing or, you know, desperation, the only one in the family who was going to get them out of some horrible town with no money and no health care, but they happened to be born beautiful with a nice voice and they, mm. they made it happen. They had to, but it's not even what makes someone um, successful. And of course, some of it's extraordinary talent or extraordinary good luck. Yep. Um, you know, we hear Nepo babies, mm. um, but really what success is, isn't even that first break. Mm. It's the ability to ride that wave because the people you hear about, they mm. didn't get knocked out the first time they fell off their board. Yes. They didn't get knocked down the second time. They got back up, they got back on their board or they found a board to borrow and they put one foot in front of the other. We really underplay determination. Now, determination without intuition just makes you walk into the same wall or fall into the same hole. But when you add intuition to determination, you have got, sprinkle a little discipline, which I think is, Uh you know, the brother of determination. You've got a winning, a winning act. And I mean, you know, I look, I love, um, Demi Moore and I have been the dearest of friends since our 20s. Wow. And she wrote a really great book called Inside Out. And you see, you know, she's been raped. She wow. did not grow up, you know, she was not given opportunities. She had really bad physical problems. She was hospitalized as a child. Wow. I mean, she definitely did have did not have a winning formula of parents. I mean, she, you know, you would say, gee, I mean, yeah, She's beautiful. So are a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's talented. So are a lot of other people. Mm -hmm. 
every time they knocked her down, she got back up and she's still getting up. That woman is a powerhouse. Wow. Wow. And, you know, I that quality and you can cultivate that quality. I, you know, I I mean, and and you find it in different ways. Like I'm I'm a real lover. You know, I like my my thing I need to do in life is learn to do just for myself what I'm not doing for somebody else so that I can see what other gifts I have. Mm -hmm. But my gift and find your gift. It's often it's often attached to where you're injured. I was born to the oldest child of four to a suicidal mother Mm -hmm. and an abusive father. Mm -hmm. And I loved my mother and I loved the people around me. I loved my cat when it wasn't being given away. You know, I loved, and that was really, and I, I, it was really my purpose. How do I make everyone okay? And intuition was born from that. I Mm -hmm. cultivated my intuition by predicting my mother's suicide attempts and intervening, calling the police. You know, it, it was really, you know, whatever it is, think of your most pathetic quality. You're a people pleaser. Mm. Wow. I bet you create a product that billions of people buy. You know, take the thing Mm. that is the disgusting about yourself. I mean, I'm a real putz. If I love someone, they can walk all over me. I hate that about myself. It's Mm. also my superpower. Mm. You know, what's the thing that's most disgusting about you? Because I'll bet you in there is your superpower. Yeah. Right. Yeah, on that well, flip not side. Even on the flip side. Oh, yeah, exactly. On yeah, the flip side. On that flip side. That's that's such a beautiful way to see it because I think many of us we we hate that part of ourselves. Oh, I hate that I'm a people pleaser. I hate that I can I'm a putz. But if we really learn to not suppress it and just embrace it, you know, it's kind of Aikido with it. We embrace it and we love it, it turns into that superpower. So and look uh, at what else it's given us. I mean, my power of connection has given me the most wonderful life. It's also given me great pain because I, mm-hmm. I, I care so deeply, but it's given me such a wonderful life, career, family, friends, communities. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm now in this little apartment in Italy that I got when I was 23 years old in what was the worst ghetto in Rome wow. and that I've kept for the last 41 years. Oh my God. <laughs> people who I've known and their children and some of them, their grandchildren Uh, and what you, you, you can't buy that stuff. I mean, it's such a, it's such a wonderful it's and the community has gentrified. So, you know, the real estate's worth something now, but you know, following your intuition, intuition, but, and also I think we, we make the mistake of thinking there are somebodies and there are nobodies. And you get old enough and you realize a lot of those nobodies become somebodies and a lot of those somebodies become nobodies. Mm. It's better just to see people as people. Mm. And you know, one of the things I love about both healing and intuition is the person sitting next to you who doesn't know you actually could have the one piece of information that could yeah. help your life turn on a dime. Yeah. And that's why I teach intuition is because it really is. It's an equalizer. Mm. Um, and we, we, we all need help. You, you can't do it alone. Even if you're a superstar, like a lot of the people I work mm. with, they can't do it alone. They have some superpowers and they have a lot of Achilles heels, just like anybody else. Mm. There is something very powerful about finding healthy communities, which means also looking at some of your connections, whether they're business or your political ideas or your friendships or even your family relationships and saying, mm. hmm, where do I need to put a little air and what do I need to bring in? You know, people say, oh, I don't have access to those people. Uh, yeah, you do. Go to a museum, mm. go to a math contest, go, uh, even as a spectator, like fu- put yourself where you need to be. and. And don't worry if at the moment you feel you're nobody or they treat you as nobody because tomorrow you may be the somebody that saves the world. You don't know. That's beautiful. Last question. Um, You said so much so generously today. So really appreciate you and just the love you're beaming. And I hope everyone can feel it. I've taken lots of notes myself. Um, If there were three, if you were to reflect on everything you've been through in your life and you were to sort of distill um, the three most important 
life lessons that that you've learned throughout your life that if you feel you could only pass these three keys to your kids and their grandchildren, your grandchildren and the next generation that would evolve the consciousness of the next generation the most. I'm curious to hear your, your three keys to living. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to make this up, make but it up. Uh, I would say um, put one foot in front of the other and eventually you'll get there. Mm. Um, work for and not against when you work against something or someone you're wasting energy. You can work for what you want. And in doing so, maybe make distance mm. between you and the ideas, situations, and people who are against. But whenever you can, don't waste the energy. Work for and not against. And the other is really no great man or woman or whatever all the in-betweens are. Uh, no, no, no great living being does it alone. Yeah. Yeah. Your people may not be what you think your people are, but your people are there. Find them. Ask for their help. Offer what you have. Even if you think you have nothing to offer, everybody has something to offer. My life would fall apart without my housekeeper. I would be living in FEMA housing. Literally. <laughs> so, and, and, and so find your people, find your communities, value every offering, because that is also the first step in making the shifts in yourself where your offerings are, are valued. That's what community is. You are valuable and you value others. Beautiful. So beautiful, folks. You heard it, the three keys from Laura Day. Um, this, this conversation has been inspiring. Where's, where's the best way people can connect with you, your work, your books, and anything you have going on? Uh, would love for you to share. Well, I, uh, lauraday.com um, is, uh, I, I sign up for the newsletter because I, I find exercises. If I have a student who wants to be a actor, I find someone to come on who's wonderful to teach acting. I mean, I, I really, the newsletter is a community. I go on live almost every day at wow. Laura Day Intuit on Instagram, and we do readings on complete strangers wow. uh, together. We develop this, you know, when you do it for someone else, you learn to do it for yourself without even realizing it. I've written six books on intuition. Um, and you can email me, make them short because people email me such personal things that I'm the only one who reads them. Mm. But if you don't get an answer, I answer everyone. Even if it's just, this is too long, say it in a sentence. Uh, <laughs> if you get an answer, uh, email me again. But we're, I, we live in a really, COVID proved to us, we're a wonderful community. During COVID, people on the Instagram group, I discovered Instagram during COVID, the, the circle, what we call ourselves, they paid each other's rents. They got wow, each other wow. medicine, wow. sent each other food. They helped each other through illnesses. They provided housing when someone who was being abused had to leave. I mean, it's a really, you know, intuition shows you, wow, if, uh, if I know what someone's doing at a distance who I've never met, then I guess we're pretty connected. Beautiful. So lauraday.com, folks. I definitely connect with with Laura there. Sign up for her newsletter. Uh, you definitely your life will will definitely be activated and inspired. Check out some of her books. Uh, I first read Practical Intuition many years ago, and that's how I got connected with her. And it's a joy to uh, have her on Soul Talk, folks. Uh, send this uh, send this episode to anyone in your life you feel needs to hear it. Lots of wisdom from today. Send me an email, coopblackson at coopblackson.com. I'd love to hear your key takeaways from today's uh, awesome episode. Share it with everyone and tag me, tag Laura, and say hi. Get in touch. Until next week, love now. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, 
Instagram or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.coopblackson.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.